Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your host, and it's a joy to have you, my friend, with us here today. Today, we have Kathy Sprinkle again with us here in the studio. Kathy, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's just such a joy to have you. If you haven't listened to part one, you need to go back and listen to part one of the interview with Kathy Sprinkle. Kathy is a licensed therapist. She's a counselor. Mm -hmm. She works for Counseling Alliance here in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful Christian counseling organization. She is a trauma therapist. She also is a certified sex addiction therapist and a betrayal trauma specialist, and the list could just go on and on and on. You've even been a radio DJ. I was for about five years in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, you're, you're, and that's a whole different story who Kathy Sprinkle is, but you've had an amazing journey and so many different experiences in life. Well, you know, the older you get, the longer the resume gets. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't go there, but, but Kathy, it is such a joy to have you. As I mentioned in the first podcast, I, I I also was privileged to have Kathy as a teacher when mm -hmm. I was get, working on my master's degree at Cincinnati Christian University, and she was a wonderful teacher. Oh, Kathy is a wonderful person, a, a good friend of mine, and I appreciate mm -hmm. Kathy so very, very much. And Kathy, thank you for taking the time. Oh, this is fun, and I hope it's useful. All right, great. Well, as we go back to our part one of this subject, we're talking about depression and anxiety, and especially depression and anxiety among women. Yes. We talked a lot, and, and really we needed to talk a lot, about this matter of self-talk and about mm -hmm. the negative messages that we play over and over our minds, the lies right. that bring us shame, right. the lies that we need to counter with the truth of who we really are in Jesus Christ. You know, I just thought of an analogy I usually use in, in therapy that we didn't talk about. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that is the world headquarters of Procter & Gamble. Right. Mm -hmm. Procter & Gamble spends over a billion, that's with a B, over a billion dollars a year trying to convince you to buy their products. I think it's working pretty well for them. Mm -hmm. They give you those messages over and over again. How many messages do you think you give yourself in a year? Mm, so amazing. if it's yeah. working for Procter & Gamble about Tide, what you're telling yourself is probably working to the good or to the detriment mm -hmm. because we listen to ourselves. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, and the battle is in the mind. It That's sure where is. it really is. But I want to ask this question that I think might be a springboard to help us in, in, in addressing what we're going to be talking about some more today. Just how big of an issue is this? Are there a lot of ladies out there who are struggling with depression? What, what do the numbers tell us? Well, the latest thing that we have from the National Institute of Mental Health says that at one time in their lives, it may be long-term, it may be short-term, 30% mm -hmm. of American women are depressed. And as we said earlier in the last podcast, that's not just feeling blue for a couple of days. 
they are depressed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it affects their lives and the lives of their family. So 30%, mm -hmm. that is a pretty high number of people. That is, that is incredibly high. Mm -hmm. And again, just kind of give us a short list of like, what, would, what are signs when you talk about somebody who is, again, not having a blue Monday or two or three bad days, but right. that are, really are beginning to battle with depression. What would be three or four of, of those signs on a short list that, that you would kind of pick up and listen for as a therapist as, as somebody would talk to you? Well, the self-talk we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. but usually then their talk among their friends and family tends to be more negative. Okay. They tend to be more lethargic. They're having a harder time getting off the couch. Eating habits may change. Eating a lot, gaining a lot of weight, losing a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Gee, I can't eat. I don't feel good. Um, changes in sleeping habits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I was depressed, and we shared in the first um, segment of this that I, about, about 20 years ago, went through about a 6 month period of time where I think I was clinically depressed and I just I just couldn't get off the couch I mean I just wow. yeah. I wanted to sleep all the time because it one of my clients said because it makes the painful day be shorter I'll yeah, just sleep something. yeah, yeah. Right, right. I learn a lot from my clients let me tell you <laughs> you know I, I had a friend one time who was battling depression and this is this is what they said I feel like I'm walking with cinder blocks yes on my feet yes and and the smallest things are becoming big things to mm -hmm. deal with. Little things like you used to be able to just handle now are big issues. Yes. Because it's like you've got this big mass of coping in your brain. Mm -hmm. that this is not clinical, okay? It, this big mass of coping, and you've it's just been depleted and depleted and depleted. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. like you said, even little things. I got rid of a cat. I hadn't had a cat that long. I got rid of a cat because I, I couldn't take care of my cat. Mm -hmm. Now, cats are pretty darn low maintenance, mm -hmm. but it was mm -hmm. too much. Yeah. And that's when I went for help. I'm like, okay, I got to wow. talk to somebody about this. Yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Well, we talked about the self-talk. We've talked mm -hmm. about how your relationships begin to just kind of spiral and become more negative and mm -hmm. life in general becomes more difficult. Right. And you might even find your sleeping habits changing, your eating mm -hmm. habits changing. Yeah. And oftentimes things you once even found joy in. Yes. It's like somebody has sucked the joy out of those things. There's a great counseling term about that, which it, I'll just throw out one of those 50 mm -hmm. cent words. It's called anhedonic. Okay. And anhedonic, when we get that place, we can't find joy in anything anymore. Isn't that something? Things that used to make our heart mm -hmm. smile just feel like sand in our mouths. You know, it's wow. just like, nah, okay, fine. Right, right. And that, it's just kind of this blob. I think sometimes when we think of depression, we think of people that are suicidal. And yes, don't ever be afraid to ask a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. I, when I was in college, I, my first internship was at a suicide hotline. And I realized at that time, most of us, I had to unlearn this, think that if I say, Mark, you seem like you've really been down. Are you thinking about hurting yourself? That, we, that Mark would then go, you know, I never thought about that. I think I will. <laughs> We're afraid if we bring it into the light. Yeah. But mm -hmm. most people, if you ask them that, if they are thinking about it, will feel so heard by you. That's right. It's true. And if not, they'll think you're 14 karat crazy and move on. Mm -hmm. And that's when you say, you know, you did, when you did this, it caused me to think that you might be thinking of hurting mm -hmm. yourself. And mm -hmm. I need you to really talk with me about that or talk with someone if you're feeling that way because we just couldn't lose you. Right. Which brings me right into something I want to ask you about, mm -hmm. and that is about the role of friends and having mm -hmm. support. You know, Going to a counselor like yourself, of mm -hmm. course, would be helpful and important, but you can only be with them for that hour or that segment of time. 
but they have this network of people around them, mm-hmm. the, the, their friends or family. What would you say to the friends and family who see their loved one struggling or going through a period of depression? What could they do? How do they, can they respond in a way that helps their friend through this period of depression in their life? We talked a little bit about this in the last um, segment. We listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a form of love to really listen to somebody and to not be afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. because some people think that they're hiding their depression and everybody sees it. And when we just say, you know, Mark, I'm, I'm just kind of concerned. I right. really love you. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be really down and really down on yourself. And so I'm just wondering, are you willing to, I'll listen. I'd love to listen to you talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then, then we can figure out if I can help. I don't want to fix you. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, ladies do not like to be fixed. <laughs> we are not old cars that you tinker with. Uh, we men and tend to want to do that. We, yeah, do. we do. They, they really I do. And, and it's from a really good place. It's mm-hmm. just not helpful. Mm-hmm. And about friendships, let me tell you this. There's an old adage that says, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the, best, the second best time? Today. We have to do maintenance on our relationships continually. That's great. And not just because people will be there for us, but that's a piece of it. That's how Mm -hmm. the body of Christ is a community. Yes, it is. I Mm -hmm. believe that we are all recovering jerks. And if you don't have at least, you know, some days I'm a real jerk, some days I'm not much of a jerk. Uh But if we don't have at least two or three people that will tell us when our jerk is showing, it's dangerous for us out here. Oh, that's true. That's true. People that will tell us the truth about who we are in love. Ephesians says we're supposed to speak the truth in love. Yes. If we only speak truth, it's harshness. If we only speak love the way the world sees it, it's marshmallow fluff. Mm-hmm. But we have to speak the truth in love. And and if people have earned that right in your life, let mm-hmm. them speak. Right. And if you earned that right and it isn't, it's earning in other people's life, don't be afraid to speak. If you speak out of love, mm-hmm. even if you say the wrong thing, there's love covers a multitude of sins and right, love right. covers a multitude of stupid things we say. Right. Yeah. Right. I think don't you agree that the worst thing is just to sit back and do nothing? Yes. And I, we do that so don't we do that so often, Kathy? We yes. we see people struggling but we just kind of step back and we don't say anything, we don't do anything. And we don't realize how unloving that is. Right. Right. And how the depressed person sees that as unloving. Mm-hmm. And they may rebuff us. They may. They may not be. But we say something like, okay, it doesn't seem that you're ready to talk about this now. I hope I haven't crossed Mm -hmm. boundaries with you. Mm -hmm. But when you're ready, man, I'm here for you. That's beautiful. I'm here. That's beautiful. And I do think we need that community. God Mm. hardwired us for community and for nurturing relationships that, and I tell people this all the time, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger when it comes to Christianity. Shouldn't be. And even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. So the whole thing, <laughs> you, know, you know, the whole Lone Ranger, it, it's 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 a it's a the, the whole concept is is wrong when and, it comes and, to being a Christian. Yes, and and let's be current for a minute about mm-hmm. this. Is that what has COVID done? Yes, I'm telling yes. you, everything I tell you about depression now, in two years, it'll be completely different when they do the studies. Um, I don't know any therapists in the Bearson Center area that aren't almost packed and turning clients away. Mm-hmm. COVID, because we need each other, divided people. Yes. And that you are alone, or I've had a lot of um, couples come to me because they were together so much. And we kind of laugh about it, but it's true. When they had to be together that much, they found out how weak their, their coupleship was. That's something, yeah. So mm-hmm. understand that COVID has just caused 
so much more depression and anxiety. And I just want to throw this out mm -hmm. to, because we're mainly talking about women, but in the state of Ohio, it was just announced a few weeks ago, the number one cause of death for 10 to 14 year olds, okay? 10 year olds, that's fifth grade to 14 year olds. The number one cause of death in Ohio is suicide. I had to that's read it two or three times. Isn't it? Yeah, I had mm -hmm. to read it two or three times yeah. before I would accept it. That's if you take every possible disease that could account for a child's death, car accidents, mm -hmm. any other kind of accidents, mm -hmm. violence, you add them all up, the number one cause of death is depression and suicide. Right. And so we have to be looking out after our children while we're mm -hmm. looking out after each other. And we truly are a brother's keeper. Absolutely. And I, and I think we, as especially within the body of Christ, need to be intuitive and to be willing to risk even a, a, maybe even a temporary wounding of the relationship to try to help speak truth and, and to do something. Just setting back and, mm -hmm. and doing nothing is not gonna help. I have a great quick struggling. story about that. My sweet goddaughter, uh, who is in, in Springfield, Ohio, when I was really depressed, she really believed that she and her husband were supposed to just minister to me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't about going to Springfield, and I was about laying on my couch. And she said to me, she said, I believe you're supposed to come up next week, and we've prayed about it. We believe that there's a leading mm -hmm. on that, mm -hmm. that there is a message to be given to you from our church. And you know we don't do that kind of thing, say, God told me. Mm -hmm. but we. And she said, and here's how much I believe that. If you refuse to come, I will come and sit on your porch step until you talk to me, and I will risk our relationship because I feel so That's deeply beautiful. about wanting to love on you. Yeah. That's amazing. That was powerful. It is. And, and one of the things, too, we talk about salt. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people that are depressed have put walls around their heart, mm -hmm. and it's kind of icy in there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's protection, and right. usually they have a good reason for right. it that we need to deal mm -hmm. with. But we always talk about, you know, salt being for, you know, preservation and for flavor. Salt mm -hmm. also melts ice. Yes. So if we throw some salt onto somebody's heart in love, mm -hmm. it may be, you may not see it that day. Mm -hmm. Don't get frustrated. But it may just start to crack the ice of that heart mm -hmm. and melt it. Right. And it's always amazing to me how when people take those risks. Yes. Even if it at first it it's not taken well or received mm -hmm. well, right. down the road, 99.9% .9 of the time, that person will come back, Kathy, yes. and thank them for being willing to do what they did, even though it was difficult, maybe yes. even painful. Right. But again, the absence, the opposite of love is not always hate. Sometimes it's just silence. And apathy. And apathy, you yeah. know. Well, that's great. Oh, there's so many things we could talk about. But I want to ask you a question. I want to about the matter of forgiveness and mm. depression. Is there, do you ever see a link between depression and and the matter of forgiveness? Oh, many, many, many times. And remember, we we all know what the Bible says about forgiveness, and sometimes we have been overexposed to those and don't really understand them anymore. But it's not like, oh, get over your depression, just forgive. There's three really important things you need to know about depression or about forgiveness. I'm sorry, forgiveness. Three important things to know about mm -hmm. forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness is a process. Number two, forgiveness is a process. Number three, forgiveness is a process. Right. So many times I think we have cheap forgiveness yes. because we're so scared mm -hmm. that God's going to be mad, mad at us that we, we forgive and we don't really forgive. 
And then five years later, there's this bitter root that grew up in us. We're going, where did that come from? Right. Because right. we didn't truly forgive, but we thought we did. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure as a non-theologian that I can back this up, but what I do believe is that when I've been incredibly hurt by somebody, mm-hmm. it's caused true pain and scarring in my heart. Mm-hmm that even if I'm not ready to forgive them, being willing to be willing to forgive. When, remember, mm-hmm. God judges the intents of our heart. Right. The scariest thing about the scriptures is I know that God judges the intents of my heart. Mm-hmm. And the most comforting thing is that God judges the intents of my heart. So if this good father we serve mm-hmm. knows we've been so wounded and he sees his kid going, I want to want that. Yes, I that's right. I want to want that. Mm-hmm. He's willing to walk with us on the process of that. Mm-hmm. And count that as righteousness to us. I really believe that. Oh, I do too, because he does see the desires of our heart. He knows whether we're rebels Mm -hmm. or whether we're just believers who are struggling to be able to find a way to work through the pain, the trauma, whatever it is that we're trying to, and, and to learn what forgiveness really looks like. Yes. And, and you always have the emotional component about forgiveness that I think a lot of people wrestle with because they don't feel like they forgive have forgiven and so there's a lot of misunderstanding about even what forgiveness is Oh yeah because i think sometimes i think that we whether we've been taught it or we just believe it Mm -hmm. that forgiveness means it wasn't important well if it wasn't important there'd be nothing to forgive that's true that's right that it Mm -hmm. it, and and that when i give up this right of retribution Mm -hmm. somehow it makes me weak no doesn't it causes you to start to be healed that's right but it is Mm -hmm. as i keep on saying a process philippians 1 6 says i'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of christ jesus now there's good news and bad news in that scripture one thing the good thing is we're going to look like jesus someday the Mm -hmm. bad news is how long it's going to take us to get there yeah because (laughs) i'm confident of this very thing he who began a good work in you will continue to complete it right That word in the Greek means to continue, to continue, to continue. So it's a process. Mm -hmm. I teach at retreats all around the country, and so many people that have been to all of our retreats, when I say the word process, they roll their eyes. Oh, here she's (laughs) on the process thing again. But it is a process, and we have to honor the process and honor Mm -hmm. where we are Mm -hmm. and not tell ourselves we're being stupid. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me, and I'm not a Greek scholar, somebody told me that the the Greek word... um, in the Bible for forgiveness is an accounting term, and it means to look at the account and wipe it clean. We mm-hmm. have to know what we're forgiving. Right. That's right. important. Right. It also honors the pain inside of us of mm-hmm. saying, this was wrong, and then I'm going to start the process of wiping the ledger clean. That's right. I think it was Smeeds who said that forgiveness that. is setting a prisoner free and then finding out that the prisoner that was, was you. you. And I'm telling you, if there anyone that's listening to us that is just struggling with forgiveness, there's nobody better than Lewis Smedes, S-M-E-D-E-S. That's correct. To talk about forgiveness in the process and the honoring of ourselves mm-hmm. while we forgive. That's right. It's good stuff, this whole matter of, of forgiveness. Because I think probably, I know I have in working with people who struggle with depression, it's either oftentimes there's, there's grief and loss mm-hmm. or there's some trauma that they're still wrestling with that they have never been able to forgive and right. move beyond. So sometimes, sometimes the trauma has been so deep 
mm-hmm. especially with a lot of women I know who have been molested or domestic right. violence, that they almost don't know who they are if they aren't a victim anymore because they've been a victim something? for so long mm-hmm. and they didn't mean to be. Forgiveness doesn't mean you condone what happened. Right. It doesn't mean it was okay. It doesn't mean you have to be in relationship with the person mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, you're forgiving somebody who is still a poison well, don't drink mm-hmm. from that well anymore. Mm-hmm. You can move on with your life. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot of that too helps us be unforgiving is just because, no, I have to go back to that horrible marriage where I was beaten. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you don't. Mm-hmm. For your own soul's sake, to wish him well and wish him far, far away from you is fine. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think that that all, there is a, so much misunderstanding about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the the matter, like you mentioned. It, 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 well, we just dismiss or minimize it yes. when we forgive it, and that's not true. Because to truly forgive, we recognize it for what it really was. Because, right. it, like you said, we can't forgive the debt till we see the debt for what it was. Right. And then, too, I think is the fact that that person is not getting off the hook because no. you forgive them. They're still going to give an account before God Absolutely. someday for, for what they've done if they don't make those things right. So forgiveness is really, a, a, it's, it's helpful and it's necessary for me because it sets me free right. as an individual to move on. And taking the high road. Yes. Is, Pia Melody, who's a, a, an author that I really like, she says, there's rarely a traffic jam on the high road, <laughs> which I think is really true. And I, another thing she said that I really like that, that goes with what you were saying is, Sometimes we look at somebody and think, how do they get away yeah. being that hateful? Right. And her thing is, being that person is its own punishment. Mm-hmm. That true? That's true. That's true. That's so true. You talked about that quote. I've got a coffee mug here. I don't know if you've seen it yet, and I'm drinking from her today. It says, go the extra mile. It's never crowded. Oh, and that's I, so true. <laughs> and, I, so, and, I, and I drank from this cup here on purpose, on a regular <laughs> basis, because it does remind me that to take the high road, to right. go the extra mile, right. because in the end, God will God will repay you for it and bless you for it. Yes, just don't be a martyr in the middle of that. That's Choose, because when we true. choose, I'm going to give the gift of forgiveness oh, to this so person good. that doesn't deserve it. That's right. not being a martyr. No. We give it and we go. We, we walk away from the debt that they that we just paid for them. Uh, Interesting on amazing. Good Friday. On Good Friday again, here we debts, are. Yes. yes. Well, we're, we're coming down to where we're going to wrap this up. So I want to position myself um, as, as, some, as someone who is struggling with some of this. And what would be some of what would you want to say to someone who's struggling, especially to ladies out there that are struggling? You know, you, they, for instance, people say, well, I'm a counselor, but who do I call? How do I even start looking for a counselor? How do I know who's the right counselor to go to? What would just be some advice you would give to, to ladies who are looking and are ready now to do something to find some help? I think it might be hard to do, but I think it's the wise thing to do is you have more friends than you think who've been to counselors mm-hmm. and be willing to ask them about that. Okay. Um, go to a website um, like counselingalliance.com. Um, I do want to encourage some of you, too, if you have non-Christian friends. We are not Christ, a Christian counseling agency. We are all Christians who happen to be counselors. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk with people that aren't believers. We do that very well. I'm always very um, – I talk with people and say, you know, what, are you a person of faith? Mm-hmm. What's that mean to you? Mm-hmm. But start looking. Look at websites. See what – what kind of counseling do you think you need? Mm-hmm. Ask friends for references. That's great advice. Because I would never, mm-hmm. when I 
saw my counselor for those six months, I checked her out because I, you know, there's some really good counselors out there and there's some people that just really need more training. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be kind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Counselors are like restaurants. There's some really good ones and there are some of them that really aren't quite so good, are yeah. they? Right. Is there anything you would like to share before we wrap up today, Kathy? Anything else you would like to tell ladies that are struggling? Any other words of advice mm -hmm. or any other, anything else from your heart you would like to share with them? You are not your depression, first of all. You are a person who's struggling with depression and that you are so much more than that. Let me speak for just a second as we close down for the people that are trying to help people with mm -hmm. depression. There's a couple of things that you can do here. You support them. You support them while using proper boundaries, okay? okay. You don't want to resent okay. this person because they suck the life out of you. So have mm -hmm. some proper boundaries for you and for them. Love them enough to speak the truth in love. Admit that you don't know what to do. You just are really That's happy good. they're sharing with you. Mm -hmm. Ask what you can do to help without trying to fix them. Encourage them to get professional help and normalize that. Talk about how many people seek therapy. So important. Yes. Don't ever, ever be afraid to call the police if someone is talking with a suicidal manner and saying mm -hmm. that life would be better off without me. They definitely need to be in a counselor. But if you feel like you need to call for help, don't be afraid to do that. Even if it hurts a relationship, mm -hmm. save a life. That's great. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for your time. We're going to get you back on okay. again sometime. And Kathy also serves on Hope Along the Journey's advisory team. So she's one of my team members. And Honored. I'm just, oh, I'm just so thrilled to have you, Kathy. And we're going to get you back on the podcast again. I just want to say personally to you out there, my friend that's, that's listening today, if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, uh, right now, why don't you start putting together some action steps to begin to help that person? Or if you're that person, uh, today is a day to take that first step. Uh, seek out advice and counsel from people that are qualified and can truly help you. Uh, don't be afraid to trust somebody with, with the fact that you're struggling somebody that's safe and somebody that's trustworthy. Don't try to go this alone anymore. That, I think that's what I'm really trying to say here. Quit trying to go it alone. Uh, number one, God is on your side. And number two, he's given you the body of Christ and friends to help support you and to strengthen you. So look for those people around you. I just want to challenge you again on this Good Friday as we're recording this, even though you won't hear it on Good Friday that Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. If you look to him, he will help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.